This is the Blue Bomber Podcast with CFL Hall of Famer and my broadcast partner, Doug Brown. It was like a head-on car accident there. Had to piggyback him, grab onto his waist as he pulled him, kind of like a tractor pull there for a couple yards. You can play it safe. You don't have to take these risks and just nickel and dime your way down the field. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at cjob.com. Yes, I'm going to say it, Doug Brown. Hey, hey, it's the Blue Bomber Podcast. GMAC Doug Brown with you. For the first time in 2019, would we qualify as slackers uh, for not doing a podcast to this point in 2019? It's or a preseason. It's a preseason. I think we're, we're ready to go, yeah, right? We're good to go. We're good to go. Winnipeg Blue Bombers 2-0 and in the preseason. First Undefeated. time since 1995. They didn't win the Grey Cup that year either, so I was quick to point out. There should be an award for going undefeated in the preseason, though. What is that reward? It's what like should mini, it be? A mini trophy, so maybe some popsicles. Who knows? But it, would anybody touch the trophy? No coincidence, though, that we are starting the podcast on the biggest sporting news story probably in 10 years. It, would this be the potential grapple match between Justin Bieber what could be and bigger Tom Cruise than Justin Bieber challenging Tom Cruise over Twitter to a cage match really what, what is going on you know it's it's really even hard you just i think i think a win for everyone is just to see both these guys beat the hell out of each other for sure. for four and a half minutes, and then the final thirty seconds, just to have Tom Cruise spanking Justin Bieber, uh, you know, just to uh, some sort of discipline, enact some sort of discipline in his life, and and get that kid fixed up. Now we don't always agree. We often agree, but we don't always agree. But would we agree on this one that the old guy would clean the mat with? With uh, young Mr. Bieber? Well, I don't think either one of them has ever been punched in the face or has any idea, you know, they they have people to do that for them. But I know Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise does his own, does stunts. own stunts. I don't know if that includes, I mean, when you're, when you're acting, I don't know if you're actually really getting hit and stuff though, right? Hmm. So he might do his own stunts. He's twice the, I, I just don't think it's just, it's absurd. But what a way to start a podcast. No, I would love to see it. Uh, it's more of a visual than <laughs> As long as we're guaranteed that they both succumb major injuries, and I, I would pay to watch it. One way or the other. Uh, we were talking uh, before we uh, pressed record on this, the NFL preseason game and the interest in that. We had you on the air to discuss it. Are, are you looking forward to that in any way, shape, or form? Um, I mean, I won't be going to see it, but I, I'm curious about, you know, how much playing time the starters will get and, and whether uh, the reaction that people that are going to have, whether it was worthwhile, whether they enjoyed themselves, whether they thought it was a, uh, a good expenditure of their money and such. It's a different game. It's highly entertaining. There are some iconic stars that will be crossing the border coming up here. Um, an opportunity to see Aaron Rodgers up close, Antonio Brown, uh, guys of that ilk. That's pretty rare, few and far between uh, appearances they're going to make in Manitoba. So uh, like I said, a very different game. I'm, very excited to see uh, IG Field with the NFL lines. There's going to be like so much green space around it. You might set up a central park or something. So it'll be a, a good contrast for people to see the the difference between uh, CFL size and NFL size up close. I think that's going to be the biggest shock. People yeah. are now looking at their handheld dev- devices going, I thought this was the Blue Bomber podcast. So let's jump in on that. The Blue Bombers kick off the 2019 regular season Saturday night in Vancouver against the British. Columbia Lions, and there are two teams that have made gigantic changes in the CFL this season, Edmonton and, of course, the BC Lions. The Lions signing the biggest name available in the free agent pool 
this offseason, bringing Mike Riley back to British Columbia? Is it enough? And some of the subsequent moves that they've made uh, to make BC the number one contender in the West? You know, I just think you're paying quarterbacks now $700,000 and salary caps are not going up by the extra 200 grand or whatever that these marquee quarterbacks are now making above and beyond what they were previously making. So at some point, there's a law of diminishing returns here, right? You keep overpaying and and paying more and more for a single position when the cap doesn't go up at the same ratio, then you're taking away from somewhere else, right? And it's funny, I was going over the BC Lions roster today and there are, other than Brian Burnham, uh, the receiver, there are shockingly few players, and you know, an Odell Willis, uh, very, very few guys, uh, very little ra- name recognition in terms of guys that have accomplished a very super young team, uh, but not tenured, not established in the CFL whatsoever. And I think that's what happens. Uh, that's what you're going to see in this week one test. Uh, not only is it a fantastic divisional matchup against, against, uh, what's forecasted to be two very good teams, but you have one that is quarterback centric. That is all about their franchise quarterback and how he can elevate all the players and everybody around him to another level. And they have holes everywhere on their roster from their offensive line. Uh, they have one really tenured dominant receiver, uh, their defense. Like I say, they got a, a couple vets in there and, and everybody's a question mark going up against a team that, you know, is is much more balanced in terms of, yeah, they pay their quarterback the most money, but not an inordinate, not half a million dollars more than anybody else, right? And so you have a much more balanced team, much more complete, fewer weaknesses. Can't wait to see how these two, uh, now it's a difficult thing to do in week one to go into, uh, to go on the road against a team that has this much excitement with a new head coach and a new franchise quarterback, but uh, it's, uh, it's a good early test, and I think the Bombers uh, should do well. We'll talk about and make some predictions later on as we make our way towards the end of the podcast today. Uh, But the quarterback who got the most amount of ink doesn't play for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers anymore as the Blue Bombers cut down uh, to uh, their appropriate roster size. Brian Bennett, a lot of people uh, raising eyebrows saying, should Brian Bennett have been the quarterback to be cut you know some some teams may keep four but we're, we don't do that and um because you still can't develop the fourth there's not enough time or reps so mm-hmm. um you just would like to have a guy like that on the team once again i think i've said this a number of times and you've you've said it too is just just the size of the roster is 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 limiting and um there are there are guys that you would really like to have around because they've contributed and, and given a lot to the club already. What's your take on that? What's well, interesting today in the paper that uh, I believe uh, Kyle Walter said that uh, Sean McGuire has the most upside. And that was essentially, you know, it was interesting because if you're not at training camp a lot, you're like, okay, you see the preseason games, you understand what happened in the preseason game. Uh, Brian Bennett, far and above, had the best stats of any quarterback in the preseason. And then I read what Ed Tate said about Brian Bennett, and it was uh, uh, the third string pivot last year. Had an excellent camp. Uh, third string gig now belongs to rookie Sean McGuire, who's 23, four years younger than Bennett, and helped author the game-winning drive last Thursday's preseason win in Regina. So 
So you got Ed Tate saying, hey, he had an excellent camp. We know he played well. We know he was the best quarterback in the preseason. And so the comments today from Kyle Walters, general manager of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, was just that Sean McGuire has greater upside. He's younger. I feel that, I guess that means they think Brian Bennett has plateaued. He's as mm-hmm. good as he's ever going to get right mm-hmm. now, and which appears to be pretty good in the very small sample that you get from preseason. He's been a bit of a journeyman, but uh, just surprising, big eye-opener for for people, uh, especially with how different Streveler is of a quarterback than Nichols in the sense that if Nichols goes down for a stretch or whatever where you have a vacancy at your pivot position, do you really want necessarily a run-first guy in there that is such a change-up, that is so different from your offense? We saw last year when Streveler came in and, and ran those initial games wasn't the same playbook that you see Nichols go through. Now, the granted that was because he was new to the system and so on and so forth. But he also he doesn't he's not a pocket passer. At least he hasn't established himself in as a pocket passer to this point. So, uh, very interesting uh, move, and that was the biggest eye opener for me in the moves they made after training camp. Maybe Sean McGuire can go and play for the Gold Eyes as well with his last name. He probably hit a lot of home runs. We'll have to test his urine and his blood quite often if he wants to do that. But any relation anyway, there? Is that what you're uh, suggesting? There's no relation <laughs> whatsoever. But he okay. does. Spell his name, I think the last of the same way. I I don't know. I'd have to double check that. Um, When we talk about quarterbacks, of course, Matt Nichols, you mentioned Chris Strebler. I think Strebler is going to be a big part of this offense. You saw it down the stretch last year. It was a great way for the Bombers to get opposition defenses on their heels, on a little bit off balance. Do you think we're going to see a lot of Chris Strebler in certain situations, running the ball, giving the Blue Bombers options to maybe sneak attack some uh, defense. Well, he's that zone read option type quarterback, right? Where he always gives you that running threat. He he loves to be physical. He loves to vacate the, the pocket. In, in my mind, he just gets triggered too early. Uh, he's not patient enough in there. He sees things start to break down or he doesn't like what he initially sees. He's looking for a reason to run. One of the preseason games this year I saw, uh, the very first preseason game of this year, he was in the first series. They were two and out. You could tell he got frustrated. So the next time they were second down and, and it wasn't there, whatever, boom, he was just gone. He was like, screw this. I'm taking off kind of thing. So I think it's beneficial for this offense to have him because he's such a, a changeup. He's such a, a different type pitcher or distributor of the football than, than Matt Nichols is. So anytime you bring a guy, the defense has to all of a sudden, whoa, this is a different, sure. entirely different scenario now we're defending against when he's in the game as opposed to Matt Nichols. But whether, you know, so I think in that respect, having him as a, you know, at 5% of, of the snaps or whatever that the Bombers take, I think it's fantastic addition for that. What if he was ever in a situation where he was taking 85 or 90 percent of the snaps? So then maybe you'd have to rethink that, and maybe that's what they're looking for long term with Sean McGuire. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I think his comfortability should be a step up. And uh, they already had a package and a sequence of plays for for Chris Strebler last year, so you expect them to build on that. I know it's not on the list here, but uh, the Blue Bombers seem to have strengthened their downfield attack, the option to go deep. They've added some speed in the wide receiver uh, core, bringing back Chris Matthews, Lucky Whitehead, uh, finding his way into the starting lineup. We don't know for sure what the plan is with him, but we sure saw him break one with a beautiful catch and run, 86 yards against Saskatchewan the other night. Here's Nichols back to pass. Down the middle, and he's got Whitehead to the 50. Center field, the 50 of Saskatchewan. Lucky Whitehead is gone. There's the speed we've seen in training camp. This guy can flat out fly. 
And there's a Blue Bomber touchdown, Matt Nichols to Lucky Whitehead. Are you looking for Lucky Whitehead to do some some big things, or are you are you uh, wait and see? Got to prove it to me first. Yeah, I know it's gonna it's gonna take time before anything of that can happen. But I think the undeniable thing about Lucky Whitehead, you know, uh, I think he's one of those guys that can score from anywhere on the football field. And if he gets a crease, if he gets a seam, if he gets a step behind, nobody's going to catch him, right? That's the one thing you saw in that in that play in that game against Saskatchewan. Uh, even when he had to slow down and adjust and 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 cut back, uh, nobody was gaining ground on him. He was continually separating himself from the defenders and and uh, continuing to accelerate into the end zone. So he's certainly uh, he's a burner. You know, you, you uh, I did some research on his time in, in Dallas in 2016. And he's been timed in his 40 yard anywhere from 4.29 to 441. If he's having a bad day, I suppose. So that kind of speed can change things for your offense on the field. You can't play man against that guy unless you have someone that can run with him and do that kind of time. You're always going to need help over the top. And uh, if you play off of him too much, if you have too big of a cushion, then all he needs is a crease and, and he's gone. And Speed guys like that, you never want to let them get going, right? Defensively, you you try to redirect them, get your hands on them, get physical with them as soon as possible within that uh, allowable window. But he could certainly open things up even further for the rest of the offense and the weapons they already have, guys like Harris and, and Matthews and Darvin Adams, so on and so forth, if they're worried about this instant, you know, track star vertical threat that he may end up being but that's some time before we figure that out and i think one name you might have forgotten i'm hoping by accident nick dembski i think could be a huge benefactor of having all the speed with matthews and whitehead in the lineup yeah i mean really offensively the potential progression for this group that was already leading the CFL last year, it all just comes down to whether they'll have uh, the same kind of protection up front from their offensive line with with two big-time starters being replaced and whether Andrew Harris will have the same hole so they can have that balanced attack, right? So if the offensive line can perform even a semblance of where they were last year, I think this team is so much more explosive and uh, and capable of getting in a, a shootout with anybody uncertainty already with the roster with a few with a few injuries already but there doesn't seem to be as much concern about that is that indicative of how deep this roster is for the blue bombers they seem to have a lot more options than maybe they would have had at this time last year if they were in the same boat well yeah i mean position by position they're the deepest at, at quarterback in the cfl they've got a stable of uh you know uh, of really good Canadian running backs. They got really good Canadian receivers. Uh, now that they have Chris Matthews, they have to have one of the more formidable receiving groups in in, in the league. Uh, they picked up Jefferson off the edge, and and they already had you know a really a really good rush end in Jeff Code, and you got Nevis inside, and uh, this new kid they brought in that's supposed to get great push, and you already have the defensive player of the year at, at linebacker, and so they're they're getting deeper in there. The only thing I need to see. Uh, that I'm concerned about is, is the secondary with the changes that happened last year, uh, who got away and guys that were let go. Um, but you know, having a, a ferocious front for pass rush could really help out that secondary, especially in the early going. So they're just, they're so balanced. They're so covered. They're so deep across the board. There's so much talent everywhere, barring an extreme injury situation. You just expect this football team to be really, really good. Do they win the West? 
I think it'll be first or second. You know, I'm uh, a traditionalist in the sense that if you won a championship, then you better be given respect from other teams. So uh, I'll never discount Calgary. And Calgary's shown over the past decade or so that you never should discount them. So you have to give them the benefit of the doubt because they've earned it and they've deserved it. And they they uh, have certainly, uh, uh, their championship medal is uh, uh, well-deserved. So uh, to me, they're, they're top two. Winnipeg Blue Bombers are certainly a top two in the Western. Well, top two in the CFL then. If you're top two in the West, you're top two in the CFL. We all know that. That makes sense. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, this could be, I I think you're certainly going to get, you should get a home playoff game uh, barring things going uh, off the rails somehow. Who finishes last in the West? I mean, I don't understand how Saskatchewan with Zach Claris is supposed to you know score i don't think their defense is better than it was last year not having jefferson even though they they had a huge signing from calgary on the interior of their defensive line but i don't see you know how they can compete uh, offensively in 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 the western division right now with their quarterbacking situation so uh, there was a reason they went all in on multiple targets and uh, obviously they weren't able to to land them but i just don't see zach claris uh leading them anywhere other than uh you know last place in the west calgary winnipeg then battling for first does that leave then edmonton and bc close behind are they going to be in sort of a separate pack uh battling one another for third place in the west how do you see those two i see those teams very similar bc and edmonton just in the sense that they had major changes and and uphold uh uphold what am I saying here? Uh, I think the word you're looking for is upheaval. Doug. Upheaval. There we go. I'm I'm trying to overhaul. <laughs> I'm stuck between overhaul and upheaval right now, and it turns out to be uphaul. Anyways, um, those are two teams are very similar in the sense of of the moves in terms of franchise quarterbacks coming and going, changing, uh, having to go to Plan B in the off season. What Edmonton had to do and and BC. Uh, spending all this money to land somebody and a new head coach and everything like that. I think both those teams really need to figure it out. I'd be real surprised if either one of them can put it all together right away. I think they have created new identities. And a lot of times football teams, when you have a new identity, it takes takes you some time to to really uh, figure out what kind of positive traits you're going to have as a winning football club. And leave the making up of the words to me. That's my department, please. Um, The Eastern Division, other than Hamilton, is there a real football team out East? Are are the other three teams battling for who's going to be the least of a joke? I hate to be negative like this, but it's difficult not to look at those three teams and go, oh my goodness, they might win a combined 12 games, those three teams. Well, I think Ottawa could be respectable, obviously. They're With pro- Dominic Davis well, as their starting quarterback, I'm just Doug. saying, you have to look, look, at the, look at the history of the Red Blacks since they've re-entered the CFL, right? Have they struggled? Not they, once, yeah. really. <laughs> They've done very well, actually. So <laughs> I give them, once again, the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, this is going to be, uh, this year presents some challenges to them that they didn't have to deal with uh, previously with Trevor Harris and or Henry Burris uh, leading the charge there. But um, yeah, with Dominic Davis, it's certainly got harder for Ottawa, but I don't think they're a joke or a laughing stock um, like you see in terms of what's going on right now in Montreal and Toronto just being irrelevant and an afterthought. Uh, Hamilton could be very good. Uh, Ottawa could be a surprise, but those other two clubs, you know, they're going to keep uh, uh, keep it real in the East in terms of what our expectations are of those football teams, at least in the regular season. CFL owning the Montreal Alouettes. They fired their head coach. Uh, 
veteran guy in terms of American football, didn't do a ton here in Canada. You played with Kahari Jones for a long time. You, you probably know him fairly well. Is he ready for this challenge in Montreal overall? I mean, ideally you'd want to have a full off season to prepare for something like yeah. this, but is Kahari Jones head coach material? Well, I think I think as a as a person and a man, he is. I think he's a he's a very good leader. He's, he's super likable. I, I think he's sharp. Uh, I think guys will want to play for him and and so on and so forth. But you're right. He's forced in a situation. He's an interim head coach. Uh, he wasn't planning on this. This isn't his team. Uh, he doesn't really have time to make it his coaching staff. So on and so forth. Right. There's a lot of cards uh, stacked against him in the deck. And if he has any, if, if Kahari Jones can go nine and nine, I mean, he's going to be signed. He should be given a 10 year extension in Montreal because uh, that's uh that's a tough hand to be dealt as a, as a guy uh, being promoted into a job you weren't expecting or, uh, or prepared for in any way, shape or form. So he, uh, this is improv theater at its at its greatest, and he comes close to even putting together a respectable product out there in the field. He could uh, uh, serve himself very well by getting a, a full time gig. Mike Sherman was uh, the gentleman who was uh, I I don't know it seemed like a fish out of water right from the get go when they hired him to take over that team. So Montreal will be interesting to see how things go there. Toronto can they create some relevancy? in that marketplace, which leads us to the Toronto Raptors as we record this. Game five, by the time this hits the internet, either they will be the NBA champions or they will be going back to Oakland to play game six. Are we talking about a parade in Toronto at some point in the next few days or are the Golden State Warriors going to force a game six? I think it just depends on how Kevin Durant does. Everyone expects him to play. If Kevin Durant doesn't play tonight, I think it's over for sure. If he comes back in the game, though, you know these these guys have won two championships in a row. They they've uh, faced some adverse times, and I mean we're talking basketball here, so this we're way out of our wheelhouse, obviously, on this podcast. But uh, you know it'll hey, be. Hey, we were uh, talking about MMA between well, Tom Cruise we, and everyone. Just Bieber. My nine-month-old baby can talk about Bieber and, okay, and Tom enough. Cruise because uh, that's all the uh, legitimate fighting history they have. But but basketball is the one sport, uh, maybe outside of the CFL, where the quarterback is so critical. One player can make all the difference in the world in the NBA. Well, you have a two-time reigning Finals MVP that is going to show up again, and kind of a matchup. Uh, difficulty for for Toronto Raptors. Like you said, uh, I think he's being forced back early. Um hopefully he'll be rusty. Hopefully, you know, his his calf won't be at 100% or and then they can get away with it tonight and close. I mean, they have a tremendous Toronto Raptors have a tremendous amount of of momentum and uh confidence right now and they're coming home. They just swept in Golden State, right? Like that is, and that's a two-time champions you just swept. So, but it's all about the psyche. I think the psychological element of Kevin Durant uh, returning to this game, and if he's on fire early, it could the the pronounced effect of that on the Golden State Warriors. You could see a, a very different basketball team. I hope it's over tonight, but you know I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't. Yeah, and then it gets a little bit sticky, right? You go from three one to three two, and then you got to go back home, and then the propensity of uh, home teams to to win a game six in a situation like the Warriors would find themselves in. I think the the Raptors really have to close it out tonight. Blue Bombers Saturday night in BC. 
Bombers coming home one and zero, Doug. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I think they should. You know, like I said, it's really hard uh, starting your season on the road. A new head coach, a new franchise quarterback out there, and uh, they got to be brimming with confidence and, and trying to re-engage their fan base out there. So it's a tough challenge against uh, a traditionally a, a tough Western Division uh, opponent. But I just think this football team, if they play their game, they should be victorious. They should. They're just better uh, in every phase, other than the pivot position, right? And I think the the abilities they have spread across the board should should overcome that. And Matt Nichols does very well historically against his yeah. former teammate, Mike Riley. So we'll see how it goes. And then the Bombers with an unusual situation where they have an off week in week two, and then they open the home part of their schedule June 27th at home against Edmonton. So two home games, one preseason and the season opener, both against Edmonton. It'll be a very different Edmonton team. We'll talk about that game next when next we gather. Doug Brown, great to uh, get together with you again and uh, looking forward to another great season of the Blue Bomber podcast. I'm glad our preseason is over. I am glad it's over The preseason also. podcast. Here we go. Regular season form. The Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at CJOB.com.